Hello, and thanks for joining us on the Christian Celebration Center podcast. Our prayer is that this audio will encourage you in Christ and challenge you from God's Word. Enjoy the message. Why don't you stand, please open up your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 52. If you're new to the Word, whether you're here or online right now, Isaiah chapter 52, you're going to find that just after Psalms and Proverbs and a couple other smaller books, it's a big one, so you won't miss it. I'm going to begin by reading just one statement from Isaiah chapter 52, and then the remainder of the message will be in Exodus chapter 3, which is the second book in the Old Testament. Isaiah chapter 52, verse 6 says this, Therefore, this is God speaking, Therefore, my people will know my name. God's saying it. My people will know my name. And Lord, I pray that we would come to a greater understanding of who you are. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You can be seated. I have a scale with me right here, you know, the average bathroom scale, putting it down here, and uh, I'll go first. Wow. Happy holidays to me. Guess we'll start maybe on this side, we'll just pass it around so everybody else can. (laughs) I'm sure some of you would be so gracious to just let it pass, right? Well, I won't share what my weight is. This is probably off anyway. I think it was showing up kind of high. <laughs> but if you took my weight plus your weight, that would be X number of pounds. If you took all of our weight, it would be a considerable amount of weight. But really, it's not that much weight when you consider the weight of the planet that we are on right now. They believe that our planet weighs 13,000 I'm going to look this up. 13,170 billion trillion pounds. That's a lot of poundage. And it's incredible to think about how heavy our earth is. But then when you realize and are reminded that this 13,170 billion trillion pound massive earth actually rotates around a sun every single year. It's like, what? Here we are, we thought this was a massive earth, and it's rotating around this massive sun. NASA says that our sun then is only one of a billion or more stars in our galaxy, which is called the Milky Way. And it's believed that in our Milky Way galaxy, with billions of stars, we can then look out and see that there are billions of other galaxies in the universe. And high above it all is God. Isaiah 66, verse 1, God says, Heaven is his throne, and the massive 13,170 billion trillion pound earth is his footstool. Heaven is his throne, and earth is his footstool. And is it safe to say as we begin 2023 that it's not about us? Is it safe to say that our life doesn't cause everything else to revolve around it? That we, in fact, are revolving around God. In fact, I think it would be a a good moment right now for us to help each other. Would you do this? And you're going to enjoy this. Would you, if you're willing, turn to the person beside you and just remind them that it's not about them? 
<laughs> Did that feel good? Oh, it felt so good I've ever, some of you, some of you are just like having joyful laughs, like it's Christmas Day. You're like, I've been wanting to say that to my spouse for so long. It's not about you. And maybe it'd be good for us to remind ourselves now, it's not about me. It's not about me. But are you ever tempted to live like it is? I know I am. Every single day. Every single day. Just when we think we're so selfless, just when we think we're living to help other people all the time, then we're confronted with our own self-centeredness. It's so easy every single day to fall into that temptation to live like it is about us. Sometimes we need a reminder. Sometimes we need maybe even a wake-up call. And I hope that today's message as we launch into this series is somewhat of a wake-up call for us. And as we consider a man named Moses in the Old Testament, Exodus chapter 3, we see that he received a wake-up call. If you have your Bibles, you can go in and turn there. We're going to be there for the next few moments. And this gives us an account of a very routine day, at least the way it started for Moses. It was very, 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 very routine day for him until it suddenly wasn't. He had got up just like I'm sure he did every day for 40 years, strapped on his work sandals, got his staff, maybe his, his coffee and his favorite thermos from his kids that he got for his birthday. I don't know, but he, it was a very, very, very routine day for him as he packs his lunch and heads out into the fields to watch over the flock. He actually worked for someone else. They weren't even his sheep, but he watched over them, and it was just a day just like every other day until God showed up in a very unroutine way. Some of you know the account where all of a sudden as Moses is minding his own business, doing his job, he's clocked in, he's locked in, watching the sheep, and then all of a sudden he looks over and there is a bush that is burning. He's like, that's interesting. And so he makes his way over there because every guy likes fire. And when he gets to the bush, he realizes something interesting, though, that this bush was on fire. It was an inferno, but it wasn't burning up. He had never seen anything like that before. He was intrigued. And then out from within the bush comes an authoritative voice that he had never heard before. And the authoritative voice calls him out by name, Moses. Now you talk about a wake-up call, a voice that you knew has authority, has power, has substance to it, a voice coming from another realm, and all of a sudden, that voice knows your name. Moses was a very brave and courageous person, and so he did what all of us dudes in this place would do in that moment. He hit the deck. And hit his face, the Bible says, because he was absolutely terrified about what was taking place. And this voice began to speak to him and let him know that he, the voice, had seen the suffering of his people in Egypt. They had been slaves for around 400 years and that uh, this voice was now sending this man Moses to go deliver them. Moses had a number of questions for the voice in that moment, as you can imagine, one of the questions was, me? You can read about this. He's like, uh, who am I to actually go and do something so great as that? 
He had another question, and it actually makes a lot of sense that he would ask it. It's found in verse 13 of chapter 3 of Exodus. Moses said to God, Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, What is his name? And what shall I tell them? What is his name? Names are very important, aren't they? Can you imagine if none of us had names? That would be so confusing. It would be so odd. We can't even imagine that. Names are very, very important. And that's why parents spend so much time. And that's why God gave them nine months to come up with a name. That's why it's nine months. <laughs> it, it's hard work. We remember with our first one, we were like, we've never done this before. Like, name someone. This is kind of a big deal. And so, you know, we got the books out. And, like, what are the most popular names of the last few years? And, you know, you don't want to do the top one, but maybe number three. You know, it's kind of fit in there. We, we, we knew that there were certain names we couldn't name our child. We liked the names, but we just didn't really like the person who had that name that we knew in high school. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Or maybe an, a friend of yours, like they're, you know, they're, they're pregnant and they stole the name. Like they announced it and you're like, oh, back to the drawing board. Names are important because a person is going to have that name for the rest of their life. It's going to be their identifier, right? It distinguishes them from everybody else. It's how you recognize them, first and foremost, is by their name. And so Moses says to God, well, What's your name? I'm hearing this voice. What's your name? And God said to him, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. I am. And we know now that this, this title for God is... I mean, it, it conveys the reality that God has always been, is, and will always be. That he is always going to be faithful to his covenant and to his promises. Always going to be faithful to his people. I am who I am. He is the existing one. But Moses, you get this, had never heard a name like that, right? I am who I am. Can you imagine Going up to someone and say, hey, what's up? You know, my name's Keith. What's your name? I am. You're like, okay, that's cool. <laughs> well, what's your name? No, I am. Okay, forget it. <laughs> We're not getting anywhere here. And that's maybe how Moses felt in this crazy, powerful moment. I am who I am. And Moses is thinking, all right, it's going to be hard enough to go back to the Israelites. They don't necessarily like me. And then also I'm supposed to tell them that I Actually, I don't really know your name. I am who I am. It's not what's it saying. God must have seen that Moses was confused because then God goes on. And he says this in verse 15. Say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name Forever, the name you shall call me from generation to generation. The name. We see it in our Old Testament in the NIV as Lord, all caps. The name. The New Living Translation it translates it like this. God also said to Moses, say this to the people of Israel, Yahweh. 
the God of your ancestors has sent me to you. This is my eternal name, my name to remember for all generations. It's this name, Yahweh. It's believed that this is the original and accurate pronunciation of the proper name of God. The sacred, divine name of God, Yahweh. And in that moment, the God of the universe, Yahweh, spoke his name to Moses and said, this is my name. Go to the Israelites and tell them my name. I am the one who has sent you. The name Yahweh. Now, there are many names for God revealed in the scriptures, right? Lots and lots and lots. The everlasting God, the Lord Almighty, the Ancient of Days, the Alpha and the Omega, the Anointed One, the Everlasting Father, the Creator. We could go on and on and on and on. There's so many names for God, but the sacred, divine, proper name of God, as revealed by God Himself, is Yahweh. And the name Yahweh was considered so sacred that the Hebrew scribes came to a point where they were not even permitted to write out the name Yahweh in Hebrew completely. And so uh, they would omit the vowels from the name Yahweh because the name was so sacred. So sacred that over time the Jewish people even stopped uttering the name Yahweh out loud. They were so nervous and so afraid that they might misuse the name or, or just as a human, how could we dare even proclaim and utter the name of God, the sacred pro proper name of God, that they made measures, they took measures so they wouldn't even accidentally slip up and say the name Yahweh. Here's what they did. The ancient scribes took the four consonant letters of the sacred name Yahweh. These four letters correspond to our English letters, Y-H-W-H. -H. They took the four letters that correspond to our English letters, which their consonants, and then they inserted the vowels from the Hebrew word for Lord, Adonai. They inserted them into the word, and the basic pronounce, pronunciation would have been uh, Yahuwah or something like that, something near that. And over time, this came into the English language as the word Jehovah. You've all heard that. Jehovah. And as you read the Old Testament, you're going to come across, you're going to come across the title for God as Lord, all caps. 6,500 times in the Old Testament. And when you do understand that this is the sacred, proper name of God, Yahweh, as pronounced and as uttered by God himself. Yahweh. I've read that certain Hebrew scholars believe that Yahweh is synonymous with the sound of a breath. The title Yahweh for them was too sacred to even pronounce, but yet it was breathed and is breathed with every one of our 23,000 breaths a day. Isn't that an incredible thought to consider this? Is it possible that a baby's first breath and a person's last breath utter the name of God? 
Yahweh? Is it possible that every one of our 23,000 breaths every single day remind us that it's not about us? It's all about him. You see, this Yahweh God, this, this God of the Bible is not some fairy tale. It's not a figment of someone's imagination. And what I want to do as we begin this year is just to declare a number of truths, biblical, foundational truths about Yahweh God. First of all, Yahweh is eternal. He is without beginning. Parents know that when your kids ask you where does God come from or who made God, it's difficult to answer other than to saying God simply is. No one made him. He has always been, he is, and he will always be. God is eternal. Nobody made God. Nobody made God. No beginning, no end. Now, if I close my eyes, I can't see you. But does that make you disappear? Oh, well, I hope my you're still there. And in the same way, regardless of, uh, of what someone believes, e even if a person tries hard to not believe in the existence of God, and they try to close their eyes to all uh, of God's creation, they try to close their eyes to all of God's work, of what he is doing, they try to close their ears to all of his promises and all of his truths, even if they do that, it does not cause God to disappear. God is eternal. God is eternal. Number two, Yahweh is completely independent. Completely independent. He needs nothing or no one to support him or give him counsel. Unlike all of us, we are dependent, right? And we, as we get older, we're growing up in the home, you know, we're 13, we're like, I want to be independent. 15, we're like, I'm pretty much independent. 17, we're like, I pretty much own the place. Like, I could rule the world right now. We, we grow up, we want to be independent. We become an adult. Yeah, I've got my own place. I'm independent. But we are not. We're still dependent. We're dependent on gravity, right? We're, we're dependent on air. We're, we are dependent on food. There's nothing that we can change it to make it so that we are not dependent. God is independent. He needs nothing or no one. 100%. 100% independent. Everything that's good came into being because of him. And the Bible says that in him all things hold together. And so this Yahweh God in his independence chooses for things to exist or to not exist. And anything that does exist that's been created by him exists only because he decides for it to continue to exist. It's completely independent. Number three, Yahweh is incomparable. He's incomparable. Everything else is secondary. When I say secondary, I don't mean like, oh, here's first, and then we get the silver medal. Like, no. Everything else is secondary. Everything else. The psalmist said, who can compare to our God who is enthroned on high, who stoops down to look on the heavens and the earth? Yahweh is incomparable. Number four, Yahweh is constant. He is constant. He can't be improved or bettered. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yahweh is the absolute standard of truth and beauty and goodness and love. This week I did a Google search, specific Google search about truth. Here's what 
Google answered me with in the most prominent place. Truth is fluid. As we learn to grow and consider more factors that contribute to our truth, our truth changes. Blah, 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 blah. One of the thoughts I had after reading it is that we should not be surprised that that's Google's answer. I would guess that some of that same ideology was taught in Sodom and Gomorrah. But friends, truth is truth. And truth comes from the character of God revealed in the word of God. And truth I'm talking capital T, truth is the standard, is the truth, is the, uh, the, 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 the realm of absolutes that is right for all peoples, all times, and all places. All peoples, all times, and all places. No matter what they said in Sodom and Gomorrah, truth did not change. No matter what is said in our culture or in any country of this world in the 21st century, truth does not change. It is not fluid because God is constant and truth is based on his character which is unchanging a quick 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 example as we read in in the scriptures do not lie so what is the principle honesty and why are we to be honest why are we told to be honest well because god does not lie the word of god says god is truth Truth is based on his character. You could go through all the Ten Commandments and the commands in scriptures, and they are based on the character of God. And they are true, not just for you or not just for me, but for all people, all times, all places. Yahweh is the absolute standard. Number six, Yahweh is always right. He's always right. Do any of you know someone who thinks that they're always right? <laughs> Be careful. Just when we think we are always right, we realize we're not. I was driving with someone just a few moments ago. I was sitting in the passenger seat, first mistake, and we were driving along, and I, um, I had made mention to this person. I don't know if they're like, yeah, kind of going kind of fast or like whatever I said, whatever I said. And this person comes coming to a corner, red light, and they're going to try to turn right on red, and they make a comment like, I don't know what they said exactly. It was basically like, don't tell me what to do. I, I'm a really good driver. I'm like, fine. And then all of a sudden, they go to turn, and, and I look over. I'm like, oh, no. And there's this car coming really fast at us, and this person was almost ready to pull out in front of them. What's the point of that? The point is that just when we think we know everything, we don't. But God is always right. I love this. No oopsie-daisies. Right? No mistakes. No accidents. Oops. N none of that. He is 100% right all of the time. Next, Yahweh is worthy. He's worthy of our surrender. He's worthy of our worship. He's worthy of our obedience. Yahweh is worthy of our honor. He's worthy of our honor. Let me ask you this today. Are there practices in your life that you do or don't do just because he's worthy of honor? Think about that. Are there specific things that you do or don't do in your life be, just because he's, he's worthy of honor? 
I, I thought about this week, and so I jotted down a few of the things, basic things that I, that I do that I was like, yeah, this is why I do it. Just some basic practices. Um, I'll just list a few. One would be uh, when we come together on a Sunday morning before, the, the, before I begin to really worship the Lord in song, uh, the worship team has already started, but first thing that I do is I pause. I don't start singing that first word because I've been up for a while, been around a lot of people already before this service, a lot of conversations. And, and so when I come in, I, I just, I pause and remind myself, I did it this morning, it's not about me. Lord, I lay all that down, it's not about me, it's about you. And I want to give you my best. And then when I'm ready, I begin to worship. That's one thing I do. Another thing that I do is I pray before meals. I pray before a meal. Something fancy, but it reminds me that it's all because of God. Even the, these uh, morsels I'm getting ready to eat, it's all, all because of him. It's all from him, just to remind myself. Uh, something that I do is I have my um, devotions or my time with the Lord, my quiet time, whatever you want to call it, my time in the word and time in prayer, a consecrated time, set aside time. I do that in the morning, one of the first things I do after I wake up. Another thing that, that I do is I have standards, daily standards of what I will watch and what I won't watch, what I will look at and what I won't look at, what I will listen to and what I won't listen to. Those are just some things that for me that I have as daily practices in my life in order to remind myself that it's about him. And I do it just because he's worthy of my honor. Understand, none of those things that I just listed um, with the exception of maybe the last one, are explicitly stated in the Bible that you shall do that, right? You shall pray before your meals. I don't think it says that. I think it's a good practice. You shall pause before you come into a place of worship and begin to... I don't think it says that. You shall have your morning devotions in the morning. Otherwise, it doesn't count. Why do I say that? Because I'm not sharing those things that are in my life as daily practices as something that you have to do and if you don't you feel guilty. These are just personal convictions of mine. Personal convictions of mine. My challenge to you though is this. Have some daily practices. Have some things that are daily a part of your life that remind you he is worthy of my honor. Therefore I'm going to do this or I'm not going to do that. Does that make sense? Because Yahweh is worthy. Number eight, Yahweh is omnipresent. He is everywhere. He is everywhere. Do you remember where God first spoke to Moses? It's the burning bush, right? Chapter 3, we read about this. It's the burning bush. Verse 1 says this, now Moses was tending the flock and he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness. And it was on the far side of the wilderness where he encountered this burning bush and the voice of God. Now, Jewish scholars debated about why God would come and speak to Moses out of a burning bush on the far side of the desert. You know, why not a lightning bolt in a large city surrounded by people? And the Jewish scholars concluded that the reason why God did that is because God is present everywhere, even on the far side of a desert everywhere. Isn't that amazing about our Yahweh? He is everywhere. Number nine, Yahweh is completely aware of everything. 
verse 7 of our text, the Lord said to Moses, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. I, I love this scripture because over and over again, God says what he sees. I see their misery. I see them being oppressed. I hear their cries. He sees and hears everything. What an encouragement to us as people that God already knows what you're walking through before you even talk to him about it. God already knows what it is you're facing before 40 days of prayer even began. It's not like in prayer we're informing God. God, I, didn't, I know you don't know this, but, uh, but my, my best friend's really struggling. God, I don't know if you know this, but my knee is killing me. God, come on. He sees and hears everything. He's aware of everything that's going on in your life, everything around you, everything in your home, everything in your heart, everything in your thoughts, everything at work. He's aware. He's aware of everything. And he actually cares to do something about it. Finally, Yahweh is omniscient. He's all-knowing. He sees and hears everything. He cares. Omniscient means he's all-knowing. Like he knows everything. And not just what happened and what is happening. He knows what will happen. I love this in Exodus 3. Because God is calling Moses to go to the Israelites and deliver them from slavery in Egypt. And we can read the rest of the book of Exodus and throughout Scripture constantly is pointing back to what took place. And we read about them being delivered from slavery. We read about the interactions with Pharaoh and all of these things. What is cool about chapter 3 and this interaction that Moses has with Yahweh is that Yahweh told him what was going to happen before it happened. Yahweh's like, you don't need to read the rest of Exodus right now. I'm just going to tell you right now what's going to happen. He told them what he was going to say to the elders. He told them what he needed to do regarding Pharaoh. He even told them, told him how the Israelites would have spending money and travel money for their journey. Down to that detail. Isn't that amazing? Because he knows literally everything. And as we think about our lives, sometimes our greatest worries and fears are on what? The unknown. What's going to happen when our kid goes to college. What's going to happen when a loved one is going on a long road trip? Oh no, what is going to happen? He already knows when you're preparing to go to that doctor's appointment. He knows. He already knows. He knows everything. This Yahweh who is eternal, constant, absolute standard. This Yahweh who is independent. This Yahweh who is omniscient, omnipresent, and all-powerful. This Yahweh chose to reveal his sacred proper name to people. I find that fascinating. That this Yahweh decided not to be a distant God and just send that earth around the sun. But he decided to reveal himself so that he could be recognized, distinguished. And no, I'm going to invite the worship team to come up at this time. While they're coming, can I just ask you this, church? What will be your response to Yahweh? I'm talking about today. 
What will be your response to Yahweh, the I am that I am, the God of the universe? What will be your response to him this week? Will it change anything that you do or don't do just because he's worthy? As you think about 2023, there are a lot of things that we could have preached about on this Sunday headed into 2023, but I just felt in my heart that we needed to, to declare first and foremost who God is. And then let's build everything else around him. Will you do that with your life in 2023? What will your response be? If there is a word that stands out to me that is a fitting response for this Yahweh, it's the word honor. It's part of our vision here as a church. We say honor, experience, and influence. Honor the Lord, honor the King, experience your next step in the faith, and influence your world, the love and the power of God. Honor, experience, influence, but understand it's intentional that we begin with honor. That's where it starts. It doesn't start with us going off and doing something for God. It begins with us just giving our reverence to him, making sure we've surrendered to him. It's all about him. It's all about him. As you think about your work this week, understand you can honor the Lord with your work by doing your best. And doing it for the glory of God. You can honor the Lord by how you treat your family members today, tomorrow, and the next day. Do you know that? By treating them according to how the word teaches us to treat them. Treating them with love and with respect and with compassion. We, we can honor the Lord by spending time with him. We can honor the Lord by praying. Because we are dependent on him. One of the main ways that we collectively honor the Lord, when I say collectively, like when we're together, and that would be our Sunday morning services, when we come together. We try very, very hard in planning and praying for these services to keep the main thing the main thing. There's not a lot of pomp and circumstance, whatever that is. We don't need it. We just want to come. We want to worship our God. We want to seek him. We want to listen to him. We want to get into the word. We want to encourage each other. We want to keep the main thing the main thing. We want to honor because it's all about him. Could you imagine with me something? Imagine that tonight when you go to sleep, you have a dream. And in that dream, God gives you a glimpse of what is happening in heaven right now. Imagine that. Revelation chapter 5, verse 11 says that there are angels encircling the throne. actually gives us a number 10,000 times 10,000 angels encircling the throne and worshiping God. Right now, right now, right now. Right now that's happening. Now that's hard for us to grasp because that is such a huge number, right? 10,000 times 10,000, like what? Think about it like this. Let's say that you are at the big house in Ann Arbor. You've shown up, you're there surrounded by 100,000 people. In this case, in your dream, you're surrounded by 100,000 massive angels that are all centered on the middle of the field. And there's a throne and God is on that throne. Not that he could fit in the big house, but for the sake of this illustration. 100,000 massive angels are there worshiping God. Now, 100,000 is a lot of people. If you've been at the big house, if you've seen it on TV, that is a ton load of people, right? Ton load of Beings in that same one place. But take that 100,000 and multiply it times 10. 
And then take that number and multiply it by 10 again. And then take that number and multiply it by 10 again. 100 million massive angels encircling the throne and worshiping God. And let's say in your dream, God is showing you that you're sitting there among these millions and millions and millions of angels. You're sitting there and you're seeing them and they are literally transfixed on the glory of God right in the center. They, they, are, they are beside themselves. They are loudly, louder than you can even, even describe, loudly praising and worshiping God. And there you are, you're sitting there and they're all, they're just transfixed. They're riveted on the glory of God, the one who is on the throne. And there you are sitting there among a hundred million angels. And I have to think that in that dream there would be a thought that would come to mind, a realization that would come to your mind, and it would come to mind, and it's this. As I'm sitting there, as you're sitting there, it's not about me. It's not about me. It's not about me. All about him. Would you please stand with me this morning? You might even want to bow your head. You might want to kneel down. You, you, can we just take some moments here as we begin 2023 to remind ourselves it's not about me and to remind God, God, we get it. It's all about you. It's all about you. Thank you for listening. You know, we believe God has something amazing in store for you today. And now is the perfect time to take a few moments and pray about what you just heard. If this message spoke to you, we would love to hear about it. Send us an email to office at cccmidland.com or connect with us on your favorite social media at cccmidland.com.